This Lcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, uh, well, he just jumped through a wall backwards in reference to a glitch. Welcome, Jacob. What was the fastest way to get through there, man? Come on. You know this. right at the boss. You right at the boss store, dude. Hey, I don't know why you want to cheat. Want to cheat. I don't know why it wouldn't open, but you're at the boss store. Or I don't know. Anyway. Why, thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who is out for revenge. Welcome to Quotes. An episode. Of X-Men that we're reviewing tonight. Revenge is a dish best served cold. It is very cold in the Mushroom Kingdom. (laughs) Slightly paraphrased. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a very long, 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 long. It's it's like I went to the Arctic and came back. I I wish he was that. That that was that was the weird part of this episode. I was like, wait, uh, isn't he from Canada? <laughs> he's technically in New York at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, and then he's all the way in the Antarctic. <laughs> it's like, I could be wrong about where the Eskimos live, but don't they live closer to Alaska? It depends on the tribe. I'm sure there's a ton of tribes I'm not really recognizing because I don't know stuff. But <laughs> in my mind, they were all right over there by Alaska. So in my mind, he was like, ran to the other side of the country for no just because he had a pout <laughs> oh he does but pouty wolverine pouty wolverine <laughs> i'm gonna draw that <laughs> with, his, with the picture in his hand <laughs> oh my gosh anyway i'm doing well we're, we're just starting off yes. off the top here not talk about the 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 actual what we're going to talk about in the first we're talking about what we're talking about in the the latter part of the episode uh i'm doing well uh me and my wonderful girlfriend ashley we went to gladewater texas uh there's a lot of antique shops and we had a lot of fun yeah she told me you took notes so you'd remember this time <laughs> Yes, I was writing furiously. It's like, <laughs> what shop we went into, what the street was, be like, what was she wearing, <laughs> what she said, be like, everything, because, no, I actually didn't do that, but no. that would have been funny. Yeah. Because apparently I, had, I have bad memories sometimes. and that, I'm just still picking at you, because that was so funny last week. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. So, yes, we went to Gladewater. Uh, this week has been it, a long day. It's a very, very long day. Very long week. Let's say a very long week. Productive, but long. Mm-hmm. Uh, won't go into a whole lot of detail. We had an employee that had some issues and had to leave and never came back. And so I wound up having to do her job the entire day. <laughs> so that was fun. That's a shame. <laughs> it happens. Uh, so how has your week been? It's been okay. Uh, Quark started back up this last Wednesday. So good. that was good. I know you're always excited to do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, been kind of just a normal week at work, you know, nothing too crazy. Right. 
So I guess that's all why I have to talk about what I've been doing this week. All right. <laughs> like I said, nothing too crazy. Yeah. Uh, so Jacob, I have a question for you. All right. What have you been watching? Oh, what have I been watching? Oh, this was torment. This was absolute torment. Uh, so for yeah, I kind of stepped in this puddle too because I thought this would make for good radio. Yeah, our discussion that was going to inevitably for, happen. Yeah, for a podcast. Yeah. So obviously, about, for most about the mo- the infamous release this week. Yeah, of uh, Velma from HBO Max, which is supposed to be part of the Scooby Doo universe. No, it's so, not. So I, I, it's not part of the Scooby Doo universe. Yeah, I'm sorry. We'll we'll get there when we get there. So it better not be because it was absolute garbage. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So I'd be like, I s- kept seeing reviews i kept be like imdb had a score of 1.3 out of 10 that yeah, is that a, tells you how bad it's performing yeah it was absolutely terrible but like we like to talk about here on the cellcast where be like uh to have your own opinion about something oh yeah so i told i talked to some people about it and it's like so we're gonna go watch it and it's like okay yeah i'll watch it so i watched it i think it was on tuesday night i think i watched it on tuesday first two episodes were out and this thing was abysmal terrible like i'm talking the writing was terrible the the characters themselves were terrible except for shaggy <laughs> of course because like i i i'm i eh, i have my opinions on shaggy right but continue yeah I'll say my piece in this. Well, I, w- I would I would say this be like he was probably the better of all the characters in he the show. He was probably the closest to what the character actually was like. There we go. There we go. That's the nicest thing I can say about it. Ah, there there was there was parts of because I watched the first two episodes. That was the only part out right now. Uh, as if you you're you're watching right now. There's three episodes. By the time you listen to this, there should be the there's the four th- episodes when I looked at it last night. Oh, four episodes. Yeah, because apparently they're releasing in pairs. Oh, okay. Double trouble then. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, so it's not good. It's not good so far. Uh, it's literally, it's Velma's origin story, and she is the most irritating, self-centered, hateful, judgmental character I have ever seen in my entire life. And then that's not even counting the rest of the cast. Who, in my personal opinion, I think Shaggy was probably or Norval. Norval. That's they the only call him Norval. We know that's going to be Shaggy. The, just to get it out of get it out, it's like I don't really care that they changed the uh, the races of yeah. some of the characters. Right. Talk, you do it right, I can live with it. You know, it's yeah. it's my issue really is is. Fred doesn't act like that. No, ever. The 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 way Daphne that, does not act. No, like that. oh my gosh, no. Velma. Velma. If Velma ever got angry, I can maybe see her, but at the same time, I still don't think that. Yeah, especially her backstory in this. Right. Um, and like you said, Norbert is close. Yeah. He's probably the closest, but at the same time, I'm still sitting there going, Shaggy is not this stupid. Not really. 
he's a little focused on food, but we don't see him eat anything. No, he he does a food blog, but he never eats I mean, anything. It's like his personality is close, but it's like not close enough. Yeah. Granted, if you were saying that this was uh if if this wasn't supposed to be Scooby Doo, like no. it was uh they were calling it something else, like yeah. uh I don't know. Jennifer. Okay. <laughs> and it was about Jennifer setting up a mystery collecting thing. And it's very painfully, obviously, they're making a parody, not a parody, but a homage, a, a pastiche there we go. to the Scooby-Doo franchise. Yeah. And the only thing we're missing is the fact that no one has, that, that the dog has not shown up yet. Right. Skippy Flea or something. I don't know. <laughs> if it was like that, it would be tolerable. Yeah. But when, when you the fact is, you know it's Scooby Doo because they are calling this person Velma, they're calling this person Norbert, they're calling this one Daphne, they're calling this one Fred, and you're obviously supposed to know who these people are. Yeah. And honestly, they only are those people if you're looking at a reflection of them in a, a carnival mirror. Yeah, pretty to much. To be honest. Oh, you're right. That's my problem. It's like I can see why I can see. The reflections of the actual characters, mm -hmm. but it's heavily distorted. Oh yeah, because none of these I characters mean, are likable. I mean, ex Scoob, except for normal. The, the 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 crew in Scoob wasn't this off. No, and there's plenty. We had plenty of problems with how they portrayed a lot of these characters in Scoob. Yeah, I, I think the the best portrayal I've seen so far of the 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 uh, the mystery crew is probably when we reviewed uh, Supernatural meets Scooby Doo. Uh, yeah, the modern interpretation of the characters. Yeah, because they were those characters. Mm -hmm. They were spot on. But eh? yeah, exactly. This this is on one hand, it's not a show made for me. Yeah, and if it was, if I could, like I said, if it was not Scooby related, mm -hmm. I could leave it at that and not have to not watch another episode and not care. It would just go right by me. And it could be whatever kind of garbage show it wants to be for the for the adult man children who think they know what funny is. Yeah, and the, the, the Adult Swim crowd. There That's we go. really the problem here. Is it's an Adult Swim show in, yeah. in essence. Oh, and I know a lot of people like that stuff, but I never really have. Right, right. There's also the 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 very painful joke that they try to make in this, where where Something that narrows it down. All the jokes are painful. The jokes are terrible in this, but it's it's where. Norval's talking about because he's he's always trying to say like, well, I'm not a smoker. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna yeah, smoke. I don't I don't, do drugs. I don't do drugs. But uh, it's like, he's like, yeah, it's like the two the so the, the thirty two club. You know what that is? And she this uh, Velma says like, yeah, it's like a, adult adult. You mean four twenty? Four twenty. Yeah, four twenty, which is actually a uh like marijuana, it's a marijuana term. Yeah, it's marijuana. That came out of California because mm -hmm. the police code for uh like youth uh teenager disturbance or whatever mm -hmm. not necessarily marijuana yeah was 420 20. yes 420 case y'all did not know that little bit of culture <laughs> but oh my gosh it was it was like it's like yeah it's 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 adult it's a, a adult men or adult uh, like adult people watching still watching kid cartoons i was like that's the audience you're pointing at with this yeah. And you're insulting them. It's, it starts by saying, okay, 
you know how in in pilots for most tv shows there's a gratuitous amount of sex and violence so people will get interested in the show and then it kind of turns itself down don't you hate that and i'm going what are you doing it's just this joke is dumb uh because you're doing that in front of us yeah granted you don't see anything it's all there's there's it's all there's cleverly covered cleverly censored yes because who really wants to see on animated characters naughty bits anyway right but it's cleverly you know you know covered up and i'm going mm. who is this for mm-hmm. because i don't think it's for the people who like scooby-doo nope it's for people who th- who saw scooby-doo as a kid but haven't watched it in years right and they think oh don't you remember that whole joke about shaggy and the crew being high we're going to make a joke how how uh, Shaggy has never done drugs. Yeah. So are you implying he's going to be forced to do drugs later and that's going to turn him into the Shaggy we know? No. Because this is an origin story for how Velma created the Mystery Ink crew. And I'm going, this ain't my Mystery Ink crew. This ain't my Mystery Ink crew at all. Yeah, it's very much like you said, like it's a, it's a mirror distortion of what mm-hmm. these characters are. And I'm I'm gonna try to grin and bear it next to try to watch the third and fourth episode. Oh, I'm done. I, I watched one episode. The, the, I, I put it to you this way. It's that insulting. The worst thing, the absolute worst thing a show can do, as I remember stating many, 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 many times during bad movie month, mm-hmm. was not be interesting. Yeah. If you can't be good, be interesting. Yeah. If you can't be interesting, what am I paying attention for? And that was the thing about five minutes into the sh- episode. Mm-hmm. I was already on my iPad. <laughs> I didn't even get out of the shower scene. Yeah, it was that bad. It was like, it's like you're, you're saying jokes. I hear them. They're not funny. And all these characters are hateful to each other far more than I remember high school being hateful. And I was the kid picked on in high school. Mm. I don't and understand you people. I, I know, I know, is, I know modern teenagers, and yeah, they pick on each other like we did, but not yeah. this bad. And the fact, like, not to be like, if you want to go watch, you go watch yourself, right? You, you right. know, get get your own perspective on this. And, and, and just, I just want to throw this out there because this is obviously the shtick that she are trying to catch a murderer. Mm-hmm. Ten to one, it's actually Velma's mother. Just going to throw that out there, probably since she's gone, but. Uh, they literally expect me to believe that two cops who are dull as rocks, if we're being honest, uh, they really do expect the ex best friend of their adopted daughter mm-hmm. has the ability not only to murder two people in cold blood, but also can cleanly cut their heads off okay. and steal their brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a ragged cut. It's literally, it's a slice it, cut. It's, it's a, it's a it's proper. Like, it's what you expect to see in a cut. cartoon when you see jokes like this. It's like yeah. literally, like, and I'm looking, at going, you. I know this is a comedy, but you, but the way this is set up, it still should be somewhat believable in universe. Yeah, and it's not. And there's, and if this is supposed to be Scooby Doo, then I mean, that means there's, it's either base somewhat on scooby-doo who are you where 
all, there is no magic. It is literally everyone is people in masks, except for the robot in that one episode. Mm. Or it's completely goofy and there are actual monsters and they're just showing up randomly for no good reason. And you go straight through the murder, which tells me you're trying to go for the where are you era area, especially since you have the whole, you know, all but Scooby. I suspect yeah. they're not allowed to use Scooby. Probably being honest. Not in this platform, no. no. Or I could see maybe they, since Scooby is a dog, mm. maybe they pick him up from the pound like later on, like Norbert picks him up. Maybe. Because he's kind of goofy like that. He would pick up a dog and then somehow, I don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to. I know they're trying to set it up like these people were not friends before. Yeah. Which that's a good setup for this sort of thing. I can yeah. see them not being friends and maybe being enemies. And a situation like, say, looking for a murderer could bring the crew together because they realize they're good at solving mysteries together. Oh, episode two. Oh, my God. I hadn't watched that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, oh, yeah. It's it's bad. I, it's, I, I was like conceptually yeah conceptually that's all good ideas yeah it is a good idea execution is pitiful it is pitiful in this the, the storytelling in this is abysmal and like people who are diehard diehard scooby-doo fans are like trying their best trying to find the, the all the, the all the hidden gems and all this the the animation oh, I, in I, itself I, I, is choppy is all out the animation is choppy there are some nice little easter eggs thrown throughout it yeah i agree like, like most of these kind of shows it, you can tell it's trying to be the Scooby, the, the lower decks of Scooby Doo in some right. ways, and it's not pulling that off at all. No, it's not. Anyways, continue. Yeah, the sort the the characters are not likable. Now, I do like your your concept, your your notion that it's like yeah, it's setting up to where it could be something good, but when you start off with your first two episodes with, your, I, I don't your, think this is setting up to be something good. I'm saying no, there no, was no, a like, lot of good ideas that went into this. Yeah, that's that what are there thrown in there with a bunch of with a whole whole lot of really bad ideas. Yeah. And that's that's what's why you're coming out with well, this is a family friendly show, I'm not gonna say. Right. <laughs> we it's try the, to be family friendly. We try to. We try to. We try we try our darndest here. Unless we're reviewing something that's not, which yeah. considering we're talking about Velma, a TVMA cartoon about Scooby Doo, which already mm. sounds like a dumb idea. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to be talking about a Mario thing where there's a bunch of blood, mm -hmm. a very bloody <laughs> Mario short. Um, right. Yeah, I, I guess I'm talking up my butt a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh my gosh. <sighs> I, I, I'm going to grin and bear it for our audience. I'm going to go watch season episode two, three, and four and see what goes on from there i've watched the first two it was just like i had to stop and just like i, I was literally screaming at the at the the, the at the uh the, mm -hmm. the, the screen it's like what in the world are you thinking because it's like execution wise it's terrible store like characters they're it's stupid beyond mm -hmm. belief like I understand be like velma's gone through some you know some trauma because her mom went missing and people picked on her Oh my let's god, not, what's what's new, pussycat? Uh it's not just that she's gone through trauma. We'll learn that. Oh, the reason her mom left was mm. because of her. Yeah. Because a bunch of innocent things that really should not have caused the trouble it did, because yeah. I don't care how cartoony your universe is, uh hosing down your mom is not gonna cause her eye to fall out. Yeah. That was Continually. Yeah, that was weird. It's like 
I know they're trying to set something I, up. I get the idea that she's like she left because Velma made her life horrible and her finding her Christmas presents was the last straw, but yeah, but I don't know what the present was that she picked up no. at the end, and I don't want to know. No, because just just to play into what episode two does, like apparently Velma, she gets over her problem that she, she doesn't because she no, still has she hallucinations. Does. Yeah, she still has hallucinations. She she's be like, oh, be like, I know my mom's still alive. I know she didn't abandon us. So she throws away the present anyway and doesn't doesn't bother looking at it. Mm-hmm. So be like, here's a clue. You're supposed to be a really good investigator. You're terrible at it. You're like you're supposed to be like, oh, I can solve mysteries. Oh, like, I, I open, tell the truth. Wrong. <laughs> open the present. You because idiot. that's obviously the that's the easiest mystery to solve. The, what where she went is in the present because yes. your mom obviously likes you enough not to run away when you poked her eye out with a garden hose. She may still have some love for you unless the show is going to be go really stupid. Yeah, it's like, be like, oh, oh, apparently my mother didn't love me, but yet she left you a present. That yeah, makes no sense. Like, maybe, Velma, you're reading too much into a lot of the stuff, and perhaps if this show was not so cynical mm-hmm. about everything, uh-huh. I don't just mean, you know, the horribleness of our capitalist-centered world. I mean, it's even cynical about its wokeness of the of that, uh, yeah, that's peppered all throughout this oh, I'm yeah not, we're not even getting into politics to no. be honest but you watch it five seconds you can tell it's left-leaning yes. politically i don't even care about that in the context of it because what's not left-leaning on television and movies anymore some mm-hmm. to some degree right. but uh when it's even being cynical about its own wokeness i'm like do you like anything mm-hmm. about yourself television show yes Am I, if you can't like yourself mm-hmm television show if you, i can't like any of your characters how am i supposed to like you mm-hmm. television show yes sorry no that's but... that's the thing that bugs me about this is like the sh- it doesn't it feels like the writers don't even like the project they're working on yes agreed mindy kaling what's going on are you okay what horrible crap are you going through right now that you created the show <laughs> fair point uh so i watched the first two episodes and i need a palate cleanser like always be like you you watch something you absolutely just despise yeah and it's like okay i'm on hbo max what's there oh teen titans not go teen titans yeah exactly so i watched the first two episodes that is that is a way to write a good story write good characters write good dynamics of characters of who be like that's how you write a story that's how you write a cartoon and you know what's interesting about that it was controversial when it came out really Everyone hated the fact that they used the anime art style. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. The anime nerds hated it because it's like, it's not real anime. It's obviously you're faking the style, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. And the people who hate anime are going, why'd you have to go and make it all Japanese and all? This is supposed to be an American cartoon, blah, 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 blah. I'm thinking, Will you people just shut up and watch the show. <laughs> and they did Agreed. eventually Agreed. because the show is well-loved by lots of people. Mm-hmm. Go will never have that. Well, Teen Titans Go, Go, I think, Go has get- made some inroads with the fans. Yeah, with, with the with the mainstream comic interest. I, I I've seen clips from that show after season one, and it's like this is a really funny show. Yeah. Season one, on the other hand, we're making stupid jokes about making sandwiches, and I'm like, can we move on, please? 
so yeah, I watched Teen Titans episodes one and two as a palate cleanser. Very good. Be like, if you have HBO Max, go watch it because apparently HBO Max, HBO, HBO Max, uh, Warner Warner Discoveries is making more purges. So yeah, go watch and, your favorite shows before it's gone. And HBO Max originals are not safe. I noticed that. Just putting that out there. Right. If you like a show, go watch it before it disappears. You're also sending a message to them. It's like, no, keep making this show. Hmm. I'm saying that as someone who really hopes Velma dies in the show, not the character. Hopes the show Velma dies in a fire, which it appears to be doing. <laughs> okay. So anyway, after watching uh, yesterday, I uh, I got done with, we got done with Bible study. I went home. Uh, apparently I was a little too distracted. So I got I got done doing whatever I was getting done because I get distracted very easily about anything. And I texted you, yes, this show is garbage. Yes, he did. <laughs> he, he did call me. He did text me on that. So I watched the the first episode we're doing for X-Men the Animated Series. And I was like, you know what? Me like, what else is on here that's X-Men related? Oh, yeah, Wolverine and the X-Men. So I, I think I watched this before, but it's like... I it was it was an interesting yeah. premise because you don't know what's going on. All you know is like something happened to Gene and the Xavier and Xavier, and they're gone. The X Men are dispersed, and now it's just Wolverine trying to get everybody back. Right. And I never watched the show either because I think it came on at a time where I didn't have a lot of time to sit down and watch mm. like cartoons and such. A right. lot of times, and when the Gens says, "Just like you know, there are just times in your life where you don't have time to relax," sometimes. Agreed. Going to school full time and college full time will do that to a person. But mm. yeah. So I watched I watched the first episode. I thought it was interesting. Uh definitely Steve Bloom is Wolverine or Logan. Be like, okay, that's interesting. Because I love Steve Bloom as a voice actor. Mm -hmm. He's he's done so many iconic characters, not just anime, but in like multiple other genres. But um I enjoyed it for what it was. I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, it's only one season. It's available on Disney Plus. We have Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am, uh, like I said before, uh, I think last week I mentioned that I finished uh, Lee Child's Killing Floor, which is the first book for the Jack Reacher series. Mm -hmm. That was very well done. And so I decided um, because... I remember way back in the day, remember remembering watching uh, The Hunt for the Red October. Good movie. Yeah, good movie, as far as I remember. And I was like, wait, there's a book. And he's also named Jack. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I... I think I brought this up last week because I said I sometimes confuse Jack Reacher and uh -huh. Jack Ryan. You did. I think that was the inspiration. I think it was. But so I started listening to that uh, early this week, and I'm like almost half... I'm about... Mm -hmm. I'm almost done with it. It's very good. You there, there's a lot of uh military charge. It's very technical. <laughs> it's very very, very yeah. technical. If you've seen the movie, they had to add Jack Ryan back into scenes. Yeah. Because he's not in like half the book. Yeah. He does not show up in the book except for one scene at the very beginning until like they're getting ready to get onto the Red October. No, the Enterprise. That's when they're getting on the Enterprise. Yeah. But like he he's he's in the background, but he's not the main player and everything. There is no main player for most no, of that book. There's not because it's there. There's there's a lot of like 
uh, military intrigue yeah. and like what's going on? Why why is the Red October defecting and all that? Like it's interesting to me. You got to keep on your toes of what's going on, and it's just because I think at this point in the book they have detected where the Red October is mm-hmm. and they're tracking it. This is the Americans and the Russians One. are trying to find the Red October. One ping only. Yeah, that's it. One <laughs> ping, One ping only. only. And Sean Connery is a Russian. Just say it. <laughs> a Scottish Russian. A Scottish Russian. Which is weird. <laughs> well, at, at that point in Sean Connery's career, he could Sean literally... Connery could have done it. He could have read the phone book and would have won an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. So that is all I've been watching and listening to. Uh, watching, I have... I watched a little bit of anime this week. Mm. A little show called... Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury. Yeah. Watched a couple more episodes of that. That's a it's a very good show. I'm it the show really does know how to punch you in the gut. Hmm. Because the thing is, you're watching this whole thing. This one episode. I'm not gonna spoil anything because mm. you should go watch the shows. Unlike you, espe- Velma. you especially once there's an English dub, because I uh, know you that's easier for you. Yes. But uh there's a moment in here where Okay, so the main character in this is one of those people who so charismatic and is so good natured that she's never really met an enemy. Really? Any enemy she meets, she somehow turns to her side to some degree. Really? Yeah, she's one of those characters. You know those. You know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about. I think so, yeah. Uh and it's one episode she's does this really thoughtful thing for the person she's fighting in this duel because it's the way it's set up yeah and it's like you're feeling really good about it's like it's a very nice happy natural ending until the last three minutes (laughs) oh it's like and she's and she's standing out there waiting for this person so they could go just talk and be be friendly and you find out where he is He's not coming. <laughs> and he will never come back. <laughs> oh. And but... I don't want to tell you why, because it's like, ah! <laughs> stab me in the gut with a pitchfork. Why don't you? <laughs> what are you in a 1980s horror film? <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> it was just, it was just one of those moments just like, to those who have watched the episode will understand when I say this. Mm. Happy birthday. As the song Happy Birthday to You has taken on a whole new meaning. Oh. But anyway. Okay. Uh, other than that, um, I've watched... Uh, what else did I watch? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever we watch. Uh, I've been watching some YouTube here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh a lot of it is kingdom hearts related because you know writing a script for mm-hmm. a thing where that i'm doing over on another channel called untangling kingdom hearts mm-hmm. of course along with playing the game i've been watching a let's play to get make sure i'm you know catching everything but the place where i go to watch this this uh let's play which is uh the youtube channel Playframe, mm-hmm. he does a lot of let's plays of uh of uh video games that he calls uh story mode yeah, where literally he's playing through them to show you the story. So any of the places where like 
he has to stop and go grind or something mm-hmm. you know the boring stuff or he'll if they, it's just a lot of fight after fight after fight or right he gets lost which is easy to do in some of these games mm-hmm. uh, he'll edit that out and then come back when he gets back to the story well he's just so happened to start another kingdom hearts game this yeah. week which was kingdom hearts dark road the other half of the cell phone game of kingdom hearts union cross hmm. which is i guess it is a cell phone game it's an idle game oh you know those that you set up to run continuously while you go do something else and when you come back you see more cutscenes. got it that sort of thing hmm. it was popular there for a while got it i don't think it's popular anymore but uh this wasn't even apparently good enough an, an idle game to last because you can tell when you're watching his let's play of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, there's like eight chapters that this goes through and he's on like chapter three and we've only seen two Disney worlds, hmm. which means the rest of this is probably going to get rushed. Probably. But I've been watching that because you know it's fun. And it's like, I don't really want to play that game anyway, because I hate cell phone games Okay, in general, but I, you know, kingdom hearts is pulling lore from everywhere apparently <laughs> so it's it, it, i am enjoying watching his playthrough for the story yeah anywho uh other than that i i too am reading a book by michael Crichton. okay who you may know from uh writing jurassic park Roar. but this was his first book really the andromeda strain hmm and strangely enough, in my mind, I think I was somehow confusing Andromeda Strain with Hunt for Red October, not in terms of story, yeah, but in, in writing style, because in my mind, I was expecting to be going into this book and it being a lot of the technical stuff and the reports and readouts mm-hmm. and such, like, takes up a lot of the beginning of October, Hunt yeah. for Red October. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, this is much more prose there are parts where it goes to like a long section of a readout of like um you know the time stamps of a satellite in orbit right there are things like that that happen and a lot of really cool like uh, publishing things like showing the documents printed on there a bunch of like fake graphs that are obviously faked up but they're matching what's going on in the story that mm-hmm. sort of thing which is interesting for what 1980 i think is when this book came out yes hey chris he's talking about all these old like computer stuff always keeps coming up like uh the fact that the the base where this all takes place that has does have a mainframe on on uh on site but it's uh you have to yeah you have to rent not rent yeah you have to you everyone borrows computer time because there's only one computer (laughs) on the base (laughs) that terminals everywhere and it just you know because that's just how computers used to be back in the day it's not like today where it's like i have you've got uh, a computer on your phone you've got a computer on your ipad i have a computer on my ipad Mm -hmm. i have a computer on my phone this television here and over there they have their own computers built into it, far more powerful than the stuff that launched the space shuttle. Mm-hmm. Heck, this dumb watch I have, for this I call it dumb watch because it's not a smart watch. Mm-hmm. It's got more processing power than than the space than the original Apollo space probes had. Yes. Plus, I've got this other computer back here. I've got all this computer power. They would have loved to have in this book. Yeah. 
<laughs> they didn't the, have it. And, and like the technology's changed in this many years. It's same in the Red October, man. Like it's yeah. it's based in the eighties because they're dealing with like floppy disk. They're yes. dealing with <laughs> all this stuff. Yes. Be like, yeah, I've got this hard disk. Be like, it's like be like, you it's remember, called a hard drive. <laughs> you remember? Well, it would have been a hard disk back then too. Yeah, but a hard disk. Right, it's technically a hard disk now, but you know, slight terminology changes. Yeah. You remember when the whole world could be saved by the contents of a floppy drive? <laughs> A three and a half inch floppy <laughs> disk. The whole world could be destroyed the same way, but it's true. <laughs> I miss the nineties, <laughs> and in some ways, I don't miss the nineties. But, um, but as a child, it's more reminiscent. When you're looking back on this and going, you know, the modern concept of this would be a jump drive, except jump drives are nearly extinct now. <laughs> yeah, now it's called a flash drive. <laughs> That's all the same thing. I agree. They never, no, no one ever uh, normalized an actual name for that little device. Really? No. It's I've heard it called key drive, thumb drive, USB drive, flash drive. True. Thousands of different names. Right. Nobody ever made a decision what these stupid things were actually called. Right. Except it was a portable drive that you plugged in via a USB port. Ah. No one ever came up with a decent name because, and and by the and it, it, if anyone does now, it's too late. Most people don't even use them. No, I don't. I don't even know if schools use them anymore. Probably not. I I remember my freshman year at Tyler Junior College in two thousand four, mm-hmm. being told that in my computer class I needed to purchase a key drive, having no idea what that was, and thinking, well, this must be just some uh, thing that schools do. Because mm. this is all what was new. I didn't know, so I went down to and, and I asked somebody where I could get. Which says, "Oh, the the uh, the college bookstore has some." I go, "Oh, okay. I gotta go to the college bookstore to buy my books anyway." Before I realized how much of a racket that was. Yeah, remember those days? And I walked in there and I found a jump drive. It was, you know, about this long. You know, about three inches tall. Uh, was sixty four megabytes. Jeez. <laughs> And you want to know how much it cost? $64. It was a dollar a megabyte. And I'm looking back going now thinking, this phone right here has 64 gigabytes of memory, and I'm running out of crap all the time. How did we survive with 64 megabytes? (laughs) How did we survive the 90s with a Windows 95 computer where the hard drive was a hundred was ba- maybe if you're lucky a hundred megabytes yeah how did we survive i know it was a different time file sizes were different then yes. either way <laughs> that was a massive tangent yes oh i also uh watched uh two anime two other anime this week okay uh one well both of these i watched while i was visiting our our friend chase okay uh one of them was one he showed me called uh Oh, what was the name of that? It was a relatively new one. It was an, I remember it was an isekai that was not like a lot of other isekai. It was mm. actually had thought put into it. Okay. <laughs> if that makes sense. Right. Uh, so, of course, it was someone reborn into another world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I cannot remember what the name of that thing is right now off the top of my head. Mm. But it was enjoyable. Okay. Yes. I don't know what I watched. This is, I can't remember the name of it. But right, but there was another one I watched. I actually, 
I had actually seen like the day before, and then I sh- showed him that night mm-hmm. called uh, I'm saving 80,000 gold coins for my retirement in another world. You gotta love these thousand mile long names. Yes. I don't actually. <laughs> but what was interesting about this is that unlike most isekai, where you know, the fact that they're from another world is just an excuse as to why they, this character has all this knowledge. Uh huh. She actually can move back and forth between the worlds at will. Interesting. Between the real world and this fictional world. And for half of the, uh, uh, or for most of the first episode, yeah. She can't understand the language of the people in that world. And consequently, neither can we. Huh. So it's like, this is a very interesting. Now, they eventually do let her understand what they're saying yeah. and consequently us. But there's, there's a whole point where I'm watching this going, I really like how they're taking a more realistic uh, approach to this. Yeah. And actually, the second episode was good, too. It was still a very realistic approach to it. But, you know, it's slowly doing the isekai things because it is an isekai. But yeah anyway yeah i I would have been there that night but i was having like a massive headache that's fair like just we were bit i i get it dude yeah it finally uh, led up like towards like almost 7 30 and it was like it it was just me chase and uh joseph big joseph yeah oh big joseph yeah little joseph went back to the border i gotcha people listening have no idea what we're talking about that's fine (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much what I've been watching. Okay. And tomorrow I'll go watch a movie. Yeah. The Way of Water. Mm. Smurfs da- too. Dances with Smurfs. Smurfs the Way of Water. water. <laughs> oh, I hope this doesn't turn out like that Guillermo del Toro movie. <laughs> like Pinocchio? The shape of Water. Oh, The Shape of Water. <laughs> I've, I've I've actually got a friend be like he he wants to do like a movie night but with the shape of water. <laughs> I'm not coming. Okay, <laughs> I know enough about what that's about to go. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> Alrighty. Anyway, yeah. So Jacob, I have a question for. Uh, well, that's not what I say here. Uh, Jacob, what do we got in the news? The Cellcast News with your host Jacob Heron. Why, thank you, Dealit. Uh, thank goodness I no longer have rabbit ears or something on going on right now. But either way, uh, so in the news. I know something's going to happen this episode. Probably. You never know. It's delay. You never know. You got, you got to be in her good. Oh, crap. She says, just because, just remember, just because I'm not out to get you doesn't mean you're not being paranoid or something to that effect. That is true. That is so true. Either or. Let's get in. Oh. Uh, that was ha 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 ha. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. All righty. I'm not paranoid. You're paranoid. <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, Warner Brothers, that again, we were talking about a Warner Brothers property earlier. We're going to another Warner Brothers property. Like, that's probably much more liked right now. So, Batman, the doom that come that came to Gotham 
is will be is available for digital purchase and on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray combo pack and Blu-ray on March 20th, 28th from Warner Brothers Discovery Home Entertainment. I'm just going to say I have no idea what this is about, but I kind of want it to be a crossover between Batman and the video game Doom. I want Batman fighting demons with a shotgun. Close. <laughs> You're very close. <laughs> Apparently it's where I Bruce doubt it. I doubt it's actually a crossover. With no, the it's not. Too, it's, it's, it's not a crossover, it but apparently Bruce Wayne somehow releases these like hell spawns or demons, probably on, on demons, something like that. That's, into, the, that's the DC version of those. I think. Yeah. On to, onto anyway. Gotham. And he has to go in, you know, like it's a, like a 1920s noir kind of story so apparently so yeah if you are uh a rabid fan of those movies uh you've already probably gone and picked it up or your first time hearing about it oh my gosh i love everything batman and going out and going either digitally renting it or going and buying it the physical Mm -hmm. so i i need some i need some music for this one i played it last week oh Good thing I hadn't got rid of it yet. Yes, thank you. Uh, All right, so in addition to the Trigun Stampede, uh, English dub cast being confirmed, uh, joined by Johnny Young Bass. Bass, Bass. Bosh. Bosh, thank you. Just say uh, JYB. JYB, uh, who was uh, recently announced to reprise his role as Vash Stampede from his previous, uh, from his previous voicing in 1998's Trigun and two and 2010's Trigun Badlands Rumble, mm-hmm. the English dub premiered its first episode on Saturday, the Saturday, January 21st, at 10:30 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time on Crunchyroll. It will debut new episodes weekly following the Japanese English simulcast, which also debuted new episodes on Saturday. Uh, which we were on July 7th. The English the English subclass will include Johnny Young Bosch, uh, best known from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah, he's uh, in something else coming out. Yeah, he's, he's in Bleach, and yep. he was in uh, and every other anime ever. That's true, but also he was the no. more, the, the, the more recent redub of right. Akira, which we did already. Yeah, we did review that one. Yeah, right. so go. But go. I, I, all I'm saying is JYB is very. Yeah, he's very prolific. And plus, he's going to be in the 30th anniversary of Power Rangers coming up. Yes. And the next couple of months on Netflix. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and forever. Once and forever. That's going to be interesting. So, uh, the the voice cast, uh, also uh, Sarah Roach from from the anime Fire Force will play play Meryl. Ben Sorry, sometimes I get tongue-tied and I can't read a word. So, going forward, uh, Ben Bryant from My Hero Academia will play um, Roberto Del uh, De Nero. I think I'm probably butchering. I apologize. Um, Austin Tinley from uh, Love is War will play Mil- uh, Millions Knives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen's Makiro. I'm probably mispronouncing. I apologize. Uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slug is playing young Vosh. Slime. Yeah. Slime. 
Young Vash. Uh, Megan Shipman, uh, Spy Spy Family, is playing Young Knives. And Emily Fregera, I'm there again, butchering again, uh, is going to play Rim. So that's the voice, that's the English voice cast. There's probably a ton more. Uh, you'll probably hear like, you know, the, the, the standard voice actors in here because they're again, it's Trigon and yeah. bus. it's the, the anime voice over community. They just get involved with everything. So yeah, that's the voice cast there again. I'll probably post it on the, uh, the social media is for you guys to look and be like, you mispronounce this, Jacob. Well, I mispronounce everything half the time. So either or. Yeah, he couldn't say Roberto De Niro. Roberto De Niro. No, I couldn't. <laughs> but Which is interesting considering there's an actor over here named Robert De Niro, which yeah. is not that much far off. No, so. it's not. But it happens. Yeah, it does. Uh, so, yeah, that is all I have for info and news. I mean, news. <laughs> news and stuff. News and stuff. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's just news. <laughs> it's news. Not news and stuff. News and info. <laughs> it's news. Anywho. Anyways, <laughs> I'm getting tongue-tied tonight. Thank you very much. It happens. It does. All right. Are you ready to get into the spoiler-free sure. section of our review of Rise of the Mushroom Kingdom, parts one and two? Uh-huh. The following is a spoiler-filled review of the Flash video rise of the mushroom kingdom parts one and two Yahoo! listener discretion is advised <laughs> rise of the mushroom kingdom parts one and two was written directed and animated by randy solem mm-hmm. he originally released it to new grounds but mm. i'll let you get to that part in a minute yes uh getting into the cast by all technical accounts, no audio was recorded for this. However, because it does use special the special effects from the games, technically Mario and Luigi are voiced by Charles Martinet, and Yoshi is voiced by Kazumi Totaka. Like even when Yoshi goes when he falls in love. Yes. 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 The only thing I'm not sure is is is, is where, where it comes from is the scream <laughs> that the uh the Koopas do when they're getting eaten by the Yoshi. Oh my gosh! I don't know where that comes from. It's probably they pulled from some other game or something. Yeah, like who knows? Oh who my knows? gosh! There are of course no Kingdom Hearts connections oh, yet. Yet. <laughs> Actually, I doubt there ever would be. But anyway, why do we have an info and stuff? All right, so info and stuff. Uh, it has no IMDb. No, it does not. No, it doesn't. Uh, Boy, this was a fun episode to research. Yes. I like, just just for a heads up, be like, I was like, because Drew asked me earlier. Uh, yesterday, actually. Yesterday, you asked me yesterday. Be like, be like, do you want me to send no information? Because he's already done the research. And there's not that much information to, to gleam from anywhere on the net. So I was like, yeah, sure. Just send me over. So he sends this information over. I'm like, okay, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, done. <laughs> go ahead and say all of it because I think I know how this is going to go. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so watch. You can currently watch it on its remastered version on YouTube and every other version on YouTube. Originally on the Newground site. And they are both available there also. Really? Okay, cool. Uh, produced by Randy Solom. 
created by Randy Solom with his organization. I forgot to mention this part on there. His username and his website, Video Game Director's Cuts, is now a whole community. Oh, okay. And, didn't they, know that. and after uh, this remastered version that, that was done was done after his after he passed by the community. They went in, got, got the old flash files, oh. and then re-rendered them. Nice. All right, so distributed, like originally it was on Newgrounds, and now it's being, it's now both on YouTube and Newgrounds. Yes. And technically still on his site, videogamedc.com. I'm going to suggest you not go there because there is some, uh, well, it's an early 2000s website that may not have been properly maintained. Oh. <laughs> so there might be some uh, malware. Got it. Okay. Just letting you know. No wonder I walked in, Drew was sweating. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't an issue. Okay, just kidding. All right, so release date originally was uh, August 6, 2003, and the remastered version was released on August 14, 2019. And that's all for info and well, stuff. Well, you missed that part one. Well, part one was on August 6, 2003. Yes. Part two, which is also what that's we're watching right, tonight, that's right, that's was right. released on September 20, 2003. That's right. For some reason, I was like, oh, part one is like the one we're doing now part two is then we're doing next now, next time it's parts three and four because this was all originally released as four yep. seven minute long videos which got is it about the most you could do on flashback in the day got it reasonably yeah thank you for that uh misunderstanding of no, my it's part it's fine it, this is this is a weird thing we're reviewing so yeah agreed so yeah that's all i have for you right. stuff so getting into the Trivia, trivia. Because I, I didn't mention summary. I'll do summary really quick. Okay. This is easy. Mario gets killed. Well, they well. have a funeral for him, and the entire Mushroom Kingdom swears revenge, being led by Luigi against Bowser because they think Bowser killed him. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert! <laughs> it wasn't Bowser. Bowser. Poor Bowser. <laughs> oh my gosh! Poor Bowser. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Getting oh. into the trivia for this. Yes. This uses sprites and and sound effects from I want you to guess how many games. Maybe like five or six. I believe actually it is six because you've got Woo. the Super Mario All-Stars versions mm -hmm. of Super Mario Brothers, mm -hmm. Super Mario Brothers 2. Mm -hmm. Sorry, let me start that over. It's the Super Mario All-Stars versions of Super Mario Brothers, mm -hmm. Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels, mm -hmm. Super Mario Brothers 2, mm -hmm. Super Mario Brothers 3, mm -hmm. Super Mario World, and Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> that is why some of the Yoshi-related sprites look a little more cartoony. That makes sense. Because they were. Along with the Super Mario Brothers franchise music that's in this, we also get the uh, an instrumental version of My Heart Will Go On from the movie Titanic. Titanic. Hummel Get the Rockets from the movie The Rock. Okay. Death of Titanic from Titanic. The Sinking from Titanic. Someone like Titanic. Hard to Starboard from, from Titanic. Titanic. And last but not least, the name of the game by the Crystal Method 
best idea where which movie he got the inspired him for this one was Blade Two, because uh, a lot of that fight also looked like it might have been inspired by Blade, Blade Two. Yes, along with The Matrix. <laughs> My gosh. The tombstones in the Halloween graveyard scene mm-hmm. reference major Flash animators from Newgrounds at the time, including Robert E. Ford uh, and Benjamin Spurgeon and Thomas Fulp, who was the creator of the Newgrounds website. Oh, okay. When Luigi jumps backwards through the wall to enter the pipe, it is a reference to the minus one world glitch present in all versions of Super Mario Brothers. Hmm. They never fixed it. Hmm. The Bowser fight references the Bowser boss battles seen in Super Mario Brothers 1, Super Mario Brothers 3, and Super Mario 64. Hmm. And like I said, The Matrix Mm -hmm. references that too. What's your first like for this? Oh, my first like. Oh my gosh. Uh, Oh, I forgot. It also features like a very weird MIDI version of the... um, Oh, what is that movie with the, uh, not The Shining. It was an old um, Alfred Hitchcock movie. The Birds? No. Psycho? Psycho. Features the, it does. That's right. (laughs) That's right. It does. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. My my first, like, is the Yoshis. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, I was I was not expecting it because there again I'm thinking Super Mario Brothers. Yes. Whee! And just like it's gonna be fun, exciting, be like I didn't expect to be like, oh Mario dies and Luigi goes out for revenge. I was not expecting the Yoshis to eat ki- uh Koopas. <laughs> well, I mean technically the Yoshis did eat the Koopas in the game. Yeah. Not quite this severely. And, and you know, <laughs> not like they were the uh velociraptors from uh Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. The, the 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 one that got me was when uh you had two Yoshis were tugging at this yes like, I can't remember what creature it was it's a Koopa a Koopa it was a Koopa this Koopa. poor little Koopa tears the Koopa apart and the one that got me was uh the 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 two Yoshis they they pounce on these Koopas and they're like they're struggling off and what the he discharges the the bones <laughs> out the bones of this koopa and the the one that got no me, it wasn't a koopa that was a lakitu a lakitu okay so the the one that so when uh luigi the de- defeats uh uh bowser. bowser and it's just like okay there he goes he's not gone i know that yeah so he lands in this island and just barrels through right this this thing of eggs. I'm like, oh no, yeah. it's gonna be like Jurassic World 2. <laughs> Jurassic <laughs> Park 2. Wow. Yoshi. It just eats him apart. It's like, oh my gosh. Welcome to the early 2000s internet. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I I, I think I've no, wait a minute. I think I heard about it because I think my brother was a midget at one point. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, this is so funny. I'm like, yeah, sure, it's video games because I didn't care about video games back right. then. But, oh, I was like, the, the Yoshis threw me for a loop. Like, oh, my gosh, they're eating everybody. <laughs> and they're just, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> and I died laughing. It was, I mean, like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is shocking. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's the early 2000s. That makes sense. So, yeah, the Yoshis. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yoshi. 
Nom, 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 nom. I wasn't expecting that to be your first like. <laughs> uh, my first like. The twist at the end. Oh, yeah. Because it wasn't Bowser <laughs> no, it wasn't. who killed Mario. Do you know who it was? I'm at a loss. I remember the character's model, but I don't know who it is. This was a character named Wart. Okay. He was the primary villain from Super Mario Brothers 2. Oh, okay. Here's the thing about Super Mario Brothers 2. It's not originally it's, it's not originally a Super Mario Brothers game. What we know of as Super Mario the Lost Levels is actually Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan. Yeah. What we know as Super Mario Brothers 2 as a fit was officially released in Japan as Super Mario Brothers USA, but it was originally released as a game known as Doki Doki Panic. Yeah, I've heard of this game. And the character of Wart was created for, I think he's actually used in a couple other games before this, because he's just one of those mm -hmm. great characters. And yeah, the game was made by Shigeru Miyamoto, so I mean, it's still a Miyamoto game. Yeah. But Wart is a giant frog king who rules over the area called Subcon. Okay. Short for subconscious, mm. because all of Super Mario Brothers 2 is a dream. Mm. Really? Yes. Mm. This will be much more interesting next week. Okay. <laughs> but that's who that character is. It was the character, and that's what who all the villains were. They were all the minions and such from Super Mario Brothers 2. Nice. That's who Ward is. Oh, okay. But the best part about this is, is I, um, I didn't catch this like, I caught it this time when I was watching it because I knew how I remembered how it ended when I was yeah. rewatching this for the first time about a month ago mm -hmm. uh, when I decided to put this on the list. I like how Bowser is still confused why the uh, <laughs> the Mushroom Kingdom is attacking. They're it's like, like huh? I what did I do? <laughs> I didn't kidnap the princess. I guess because Bowser didn't know why they're attacking, but. Gosh, gosh darn it if the if those stupid mushroom people are going to try to kidnap my kingdom i'm gonna defend it yeah <laughs> he's gonna try anyway <laughs> yeah poor <Wow>. bowser, <laughs> poor bowser. <laughs> yeah so i i do like how the twist doesn't just come out of nowhere yeah it is actually hinted at earlier in the part in that in part two there it's like yeah Bowser's not is, is really getting oh, yeah. unfairly yeah agreed hit by this mm -hmm. so yeah that's my first like okay so not only was there a twist they actually give hinted that there would be a twist early on in the thing mm -hmm. oh my gosh be like besides the story the story is really well done and it was like a shocker it's like wow this is a really good story the the part that got me I laughed my ever living butt off and it wasn't supposed to be funny. No, it wasn't. It was supposed to be sad and mournful. And you're supposed to be really bad for the characters. Mm -hmm. And apart, it was like, okay, this is sad. But I was laughing my head off is the funeral scene. Yeah. The funeral scene. Be like, it's where they're, they're, they're lying Mario to rest. And they're playing My Heart Will Go On, the instrumental version from Titanic. And I'm like, Which I, I suspect was the same. It was also played during the Jack death scene yeah towards be like i have not seen titanic yet i had neither I'm, I'm just making an assumption 
Yeah, I think it's played towards it's played at the very end of the film mm-hmm. or towards the beginning. But uh, I'm I I am literally I am laughing my head off at a funeral scene because they're playing My Heart Will Go On. Yeah. <laughs> it's fitting, but I am just laughing my head off like, oh my gosh, they're using Titanic music. How in the world are they getting away with this? <laughs> I will answer that with my second like, which okay. is all of the music in this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because not only, like I said, not only do we get a lot of music from Titanic, mm-hmm. we also get uh, well, I'm ca- the music from Blade 2, with the most like overused song on the face of the planet from this time period. Oh my gosh. The name of the game by Crystal Method. Oh gosh. <laughs> but it is so 2000s it mm-hmm. hurts. Yes. But the reason I like this is because this was the early days of the internet. You could get away with this crap because nobody knew how to stop it. Mm-hmm. And plus, you know all this music was not ripped off a CD. No. It was downloaded from Napster. <laughs> it had Napster. Oh my gosh. This is around that time. You yeah, know that's probably is. how we got it. It is. Uh, and, so, and, and along with that, of course, I, actually, I take that back because these aren't MP3s. Really? Like, well, Crystal Meth, the Crystal Method song is an MP3. Most of these are MIDIs. Which was even oh freer. Oh my gosh, yes. Which is even freer because. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now they're, they're good midis. I, I don't. I actually have to go back and listen to the original to see if they're uh, if they're if it's a bad midi, like it's if there's an older midi rip that's not good in the original. But uh, this is about the way I remembered it from back then. Oh my! So gosh. it's like this is bad but good, and it fits so wonderfully. <laughs> What's your third like? Third like? I didn't think of a third like. I guess we sh- I should have mentioned I was yeah. thinking three likes and three dislikes for these two episodes. That we're oh, doing. that makes sense. That makes sense. We're watching the whole. Yeah. So thing. third like is definitely the story. Yeah. The, the story is so because it throw because there again watching this, this uh, short for the first time I'm thinking ah oh, me Mario kind of mm-hmm. more it's like no or in this case yeah yeah. The Mar- Mario gets pounded, <laughs> gets gets obliterated, and it's just a revenge story. And it's so well done because they 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 play into like they're again. I'm not much of a gamer, but yeah. I I know a lot about Mario, and so like you have all this like elaborate set of what they're doing, what the Mushroom Kingdom's doing, how they're proceeding into the ca- into uh, Bowser's castle. And all this, like you, like the, the animation in it is so well done mm-hmm. for for sprite yeah. animation. Yeah, no and, one has done sprite animation like this. Did it before this, yeah. and no one's done it after this. Yeah, to this level of quality, in my opinion. Yeah, because this, a lot of the, yeah, there's some things here you obviously couldn't have done on a Super mm-hmm. Nintendo, but a lot of the stuff looks like that came straight out of the game, and it had to have. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's how like like the um, I'm trying not to stutter or like how mm-hmm. I'm trying to be fluid and hope about how I talk. So, like how they how they approach uh, getting into the castle, how they get Luigi into the castle, the 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 attack on the castle with both armies going at each mm-hmm. other, 
that is very well done. The story itself is executed very well. And I enjoy that about the story and how the, the final, the, the boss fight with Luigi, which is always cool to see Luigi in the yes. main lead. Uh, Cause they do that a few times in the games. Actually not that much. Yeah. And uh, around this time period, you would have had Luigi be the protagonist in an edutainment, couple of edutainment titles mm-hmm. from this time, such as uh, Mario is Missing and some, there was a time travel one too, but it was yeah. basically very thinly veiled edutainment yeah. stuff. And really, Luigi would not really get a good protagonist role until Luigi's Mansion yeah. on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. But then we did have the year of Luigi uh, back like five, six years ago. Yeah, because he popped they up. celebrated and... all Luigi all month long, mm-hmm. all year long. I enjoyed that final fight because they're they're using all kinds of different uh, techniques. They're using mm-hmm. like the Matrix, uh, the, the yeah, the camera swing around. I was called at the Matrix move because it's the yeah. only when it, when it was the first movie I ever saw that did it, and I call it yeah. that. And now it's like everyone did it at the time. Oh, including yeah. Including Shrek. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was so well done. There again, how <laughs> poor Bowser <laughs> gets eaten by those Yoshis. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, the story is well done. Definitely when the cliffhanger comes into it, it's like, oh, it wasn't Bowser. It was this other dude. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, so it's like, so that's where the big bullet bullet ray bullet ray bill there were uh there were a total of four bullet bills and mm. then a bonsai bill a bonsai bill okay so yeah that's what i i uh, my third third and final like would be is the story itself and how it's executed and how the animation is done it's so well done mm-hmm. what is your third like the animation okay throughout this whole thing i'm gonna go into a little bit more detail because y- you talk generally mm-hmm. i'm gonna get specific okay uh, and when I'm saying animation, I'm talking about all the art he had to do for this mm-hmm. because while a lot of these are sprites ripped straight from the games, mm-hmm. there were a lot of uh animations he a lot of sprites he had to create himself. Mm-hmm. That uh casket is completely original, oh, yeah, not from anything else. Um, the shot of Bowser from behind, mm-hmm. completely original. There is not a back sp- a sixteen bit back sp- a back sprite of Bowser mm. because they never had to spin him around on Mario sixty four. True. Um, a lot. Some of the uh, well, of course, the teeth on the Yoshi's. Oh, <laughs> that God. was an original sprite. They had, yeah. Uh, and a lot of other little things like that. Plus, like I said, the, uh, the I call it the the MS Paint level effects for all the liquids. Ah, gotcha. Uh, I say that because you know the blood is very cheap looking mm-hmm. bowser's scared relief i'll say looked very cheap oh looking. yeah agreed <laughs> agreed that was funny it's like, oh crap like, oh that's not good <laughs> <laughs> to quote uh krillin from last week well his life's over <laughs> uh this just the whole thing because it's like yeah there's a lot of stuff in here that mm-hmm is obviously he had to make himself because it's not, this is not how this would have worked back on a super Nintendo. Yes. Uh, but there's also like the little touches, like mm-hmm. 
the clouds. Mm-hmm. These clouds are specifically from like Super Mario Brothers on the All Stars version because mm-hmm. they aren't like this in Super Mario World. But uh, all the facial expressions on the clouds, which change throughout the show, really are. Uh, he did i think the only ones he didn't do was the smiley face ones in the opening okay but they are sad during the funeral scene they are angry during most of the attack on bowser's castle right and then when bowser gets flung up you see one cloud go over and it's got the evil smirk on its face like Mm. yes we won (laughs) um but it's like little things like that. It's like you probably didn't even notice that. No, I didn't. And it's those little touches that are in there. The idea of the uh in the in the club scene, mm-hmm. then using the uh the the Koopas from the behind the fence climbing the climbing Koopas mm-hmm. for dancing Koopas. That was cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all the little jokes in there where you know Luigi went into the into the employees area section and accidentally came out in the frog suit and had to go back in oh, to yeah, get yeah. the tanuki suit. <laughs> and then uses the tanuki suit like Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> to yes. sneak through the club scene. Um, just the little things like that. It's like these. There's nice little brilliant touches uh, all throughout it. And it's like. You can tell that he's mocking Mario Brothers. Yes. I will grant you that. Yeah. But it's a loving mockery. It's the same kind of mockery you see in things like Star Trek Lower Decks Mm -hmm. or the movie I like and you hate Galaxy Quest. Got it. Is with Star Trek. Yeah. It's a loving mockery. Yeah, I agree. It's not meant to say, look at how silly and stupid Mm -hmm. this is. It's like, look how cool this could be without Nintendo causing us not to, you know, we're just gonna have fun with this because it's mario it's it's a great juxtaposition of Mm. the cute and warm-blooded mario that we're all used to seeing except it's bloody war Mm -hmm. for revenge for killing our hero Mm. and that's what i like about it's the whole thing uh, the animation quality you just feel the love and passion behind everything there's only one little thing i'm going to bring up in the dislikes that i wish was different when it comes to the animation Mm. but we'll get to that here in a minute okay are you re- actually are you ready to go into this yeah let's go into dislikes what's your first one i really don't have one okay then okay i have um, two okay the first one is that all of the lava in bowser's castle is stationary really none of it's animated at all mm. and the problem is the color that is that it's frozen in yeah is the same color as the blood so it literally just looks like bowser's castle is filled with blood but it's not blood it's supposed to be lava because you see the fireballs jumping in and out of it mm-hmm. and when the different characters fall into it they burn like they are falling into lava right. so it's just really weird that I, granted i i assume that when he captured this he only captured like he's only able to maybe capture one frame of the lava animation and didn't have a chance to go back and get it get the other frames mm-hmm. maybe or maybe that would have been too complicated for flash to animate all that at one time i don't know possibly but i just w- just wish that you know there was it just didn't i, I wish it was animated mm-hmm. i wish all the lava was animated like it's 
would be in a Mario Brothers game. Yeah. So yeah, that's my first dislike. That's the one, that's I did not notice that. Mm-hmm. I only noticed it on this last viewing because I got to looking because you know after you've watched something a couple mm-hmm. times, you're now just watching everything. Right. See what little silly things in the background because mm-hmm. this thing's full of like little jokes in the background. Yeah, agreed. What little things did he leave in there? And I just happened to notice hey, the lava's not animating. Hmm. That's a shame. Hmm. My uh, uh, only other dislike, I think, for this, I think they should have left the minus one glitch reference out. Mm. Because I can just imagine if you didn't know what that was. Yeah. Actually, I can actually speak from experience because this was how I learned about the minus one glitch. Really? Was watching this movie back in, or watching this video back in yeah. 2003. I didn't know what it was. I didn't get the joke. I thought, well, that's just weird. And I had to go look up what all that was. Hmm. And that's how I found out about it. So yeah, it made me have to go look at it, but it's like, it takes you out the minute they do it, especially yeah. since it's in the middle of a completely, uh, fabricated it's it's an original area that he had to make because you know they'd never really done a halloween themed area mm-hmm. outside of the ghost house that you do see in the background but yes this whole like jack-o'-lanterns and such all that he had to make yeah and the tombstones and all but uh yeah that's just a minor little thing it's like i just don't think that fits because i mean like i said in the intro when i talked mm-hmm. the, when i introduced you the boss store is right there yeah it's locked but it's like that's probably going to take him to the same spot the minus one warp thing is going to do. So probably. why don't you just go through the door? I mean, yeah, this is a nice other little joke, but it's if you've never heard of the glitch, it just looks weird. Yeah, agreed. So the only thing I could think of that would probably be like a negative towards it, and it's more of a joke than anything. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody like whenever like Luigi would have punched Bowser, like you would have like, you know, well, like point or like a coin would pop out or something like that right i mean it was something funny like that it'd been funnier but it's not there but i get that uh because it's because i mean they they go to the trouble of you know when they're killing the flying paracoopas Mm -hmm. of doing the one up thing where it's like yeah take out just enough that you get the because apparently that yoshi got an extra life or i don't remember what was shooting him yeah it had to have been the yoshi because it was uh watermelon seats that's right (laughs) it's like Oh, yes, she got an extra life. Awesome. <laughs> Hope that's not the one that just died in the fire. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah. All right. You ready to rate this thing? Yeah. I'm giving it an uh, an eight point five. Eight point five. Okay. I I do like this. It's fun. There are little things that could be better, and I think to some degree. As much as I love the early 2000s-ness of this, mm-hmm. some of it has not aged well. Agreed. Like, a lot of things from that time period have not right. aged well. Right. So, the early 2000s. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my... Uh, that, yeah, I'm giving it an 8.5. Nice. Uh, so, for me, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. It's 8.5. Like, it's good. It's a good story. It's very well done animation-wise definitely for uh for what it is uh for something that is flash it's very well done and i've I've never seen anything like this before and i'm looking forward to the second part 
and next week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 8.5. All right. So uh, next week, as we've probably said a couple times already, mm-hmm. we'll be reviewing parts three and four of Rise of the Mushroom Kingdom. Mm-hmm. We'll find out uh, if all this actually happened. Hmm. Interesting. That's all I'm going to say. You ready to jump into X-Men? Yeah. Let's hop into that. Previously on X-Men. Sulky, over funky, kinda hulky superhero. Hot to twisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. His amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. First episode of tonight, we've got Captive Hearts, directed by Larry Houston and written by Robert N. Skier and Marty Eisenberg. Original air date for this was January 30th, 1993. Mm. Almost exactly 20 years ago. Yeesh. <laughs> no, 30 years 30 ago. Year, yeah, almost 30 years almost ago. Almost 30 years ago. We feel old. Uh, <laughs> a little. In this episode, Cyclops and Jean are captured by a group of human mutants called the Morlocks. When they go on a romantic date, uh, much to Logan's hurt, Storm battles their leader, Callisto, for control of the underground mutant group. Guest cast for this includes Susan Roman as Callisto, John Stalker as Leech, Dan Hennessy as Sunder, David Corbin as Tar Baby, Judy Marshak as Plague, Kay Trimbley as Annalee and Ross Petty as Ape. Getting into the trivia for this, the metal tentacles are similar to those of a Sentinel and Spider-Man villain, Dr. Octopus. Mm -hmm. In the danger room, hang on, I hit the button wrong. Okay. In the danger room, Gambit is seen holding each of his, the aces, a second ace of diamonds and two aces, uh, two of two of diamonds and two of clubs. While having two Ace of Diamonds could be seen as a mistake, it's likely he adds old leftover cards to new decks. He holds the two of Diamonds while attacking the Morlocks. Hmm. It is unknown if Scott and Gene Sly play or film of the Phantom of the Opera. There does happen to be a 1943 film simply called Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. The references, the reference to the Phantom of the Opera is relevant given that the story is about a disfigured man hiding from society who tries to force a woman to love him by kidnapping her. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> completely agree. Gene references the famous line from the song Space Oddity, ground control to Major Tom. Yes, she does. After leaving the theater, Scott and Gene pass a newsstand with pictures of Magneto and a Sentinel on the side. A man standing near the newsstand is smoking a cigarette. A rare case of smoking in children's animation. I noticed that. <laughs> near the newsstand, there is a sign for New York Books, indicating that this episode takes place in New York City. Leech apparently has some telekinesis, a power he does not have in the comics or any other source. Uh, Scott's eyes apparently are brown. Mm -hmm. The comics state that the Morlocks are located in an old Cold War bomb shelter. Mes frères means my brothers in French. Hmm. Wolverine apparently has arachnophobia, a fear of spiders and scorpions. Yeah, I don't think you'll have any trouble later on when they meet Spider-Man. No. Oh, that would be hilarious. Mm -hmm. It's a spider! Wolverine actually tries to kill both Annalie and Callisto. Mm -hmm. Tar Baby's goo apparently can explode. And it's concrete, apparently, too. Apparently. The Morlock fighting staffs look like lightsabers from Lucasfilm's Star Wars franchise. Uh -huh. Interestingly, Callisto uses the red staff, which is typically used by evil characters in Star Wars, while giving Storm the blue staff used by heroes. Furthermore, the double-sided staff predates the double-sided lightsaber first used by Darth Maul in the 1990 film Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, directed by George Lucas. 1999? That's what I, I, it is 1999. Yeah. I said 96, didn't I? I was reading fast. Mm -hmm. Morlocks that appear but are not named are Plague, old woman who makes Gambit sick, Erg, the man with the eye patch, Tar Baby, the disgusting goo man, Mask, man in the hood, Tommy, flat, multicolored woman who can turn invisible, is apparently named Tommy. Wow. <laughs> I got to double check that because that may be a, uh... nope, that is the character's name, Tommy. I was afraid that was a a, a spell check error. Mm. Uh, ape, shape-changing man, scale face, woman who became a lizard, and glow worm, worm-like man who shoots energy. There are also several other Morlocks present in the episode. Mm -hmm. When Gambit drops his cards, his eyes become normal. Here's a question. If training is crucial, why isn't Cyclops the team leader in the danger room with the others? I guess it's more uh, uh, for this episode. It's more, it's trying to point out more of uh, storms like right. a claustrophobia. But and the it is a weird thing that he's not in their training. Also. Yes, yeah, it is weird. He needs to learn how to follow others. I would assume. Yeah. Cause he, I don't think Cyclops has actually not been in a leadership position in the comics since uh, X-Men number one. Yeah, he, he's here and there, but they're gonna, I don't right. read the comics that much. Either way. Yeah. Or Sorry, giant size X-Men number one. That's what uh, I was thinking of. Because he would have had to have been at least under Professor Xavier for the most part during the original mm -hmm. run. Anyway. In Scott's, in Storm's flashback, her younger self has light skin and dark hair. A vast difference from that from a flash that same flashback in Deadly Reunion. Yeah, I saw I was like, what in the world? 
Scott's sunglasses are gray in this episode instead of his usual ruby red. Yes. Jean's dress changes throughout the episode. It does. Sometimes it is all pink. Sometimes she has a white sash and sometimes her midriff is exposed. This one actually taught me a new term in filmmaking. Hmm. After Scott and Jean leave the theater, the camera breaks the 180 degree rule. Really? You okay. You know what that is? No, I don't. All right. According to Wikipedia. Uh, of course. In filmmaking, the 180 degree rule is a basic guideline regarding the on-screen spatial relationship between a character and another character or object within a scene. Oh. The rule states that the camera should be kept on one side of an imaginary axis between the two characters so that the first character is always frame right of the second character. Moving the camera over the axis is called jumping the line or crossing the line. Breaking the 180 degree rule by shooting on all sides is known as shooting in the round. The 180 degree rule enables the audience to visually connect with the unseen movement happening around and behind the immediate subject and is particularly important in the narration of battle scenes. Interesting. I thought that was interesting. That was interesting. Now I know what to complain about when I can't understand what's going on in a fight scene. Mm -hmm. They're breaking the 180 degree rule. <laughs> the composition of the mob chasing Leech changes from shot to shot with people constantly appearing and disappearing. Mm -hmm. When Scott blasts Thunder, the Morlock is not visible through the blast, but the wall behind him is. This happens again when Gene blasts the Morlocks. Mm the footage shown by Callisto is reused footage from Night of the Sentinels Part 1 that would have been impossible for someone with a camera to get. Yeah. Tar Baby throws goo at Gambit and Wolverine, pinning them against the wall, but neither X-Men are visibly moved when this happens. When pinned by Tar Baby's goo, Gambit moves his head beneath the goo. His hand beneath the goo. He does. Storm blasts the hinges to the door despite the bolt being on their side. Additionally, the bolt is not moved when the door falls. When uh, Wolverine goes to attack the dead Cyclops, Gambit's eyes are normal. Uh. Gambit and Rogue Shadow disappear briefly when she takes him out of the tunnels. Mm -hmm. When chasing Callisto, Wolverine appears briefly in front of a wall. He then disappears behind it. Wolverine appears too large when walking outside Scott's cell. Yes, 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 yes. Wolverine cuts through only one side of the door while chasing Callisto, yet the entire thing comes off. Storm knows Callisto's name despite no one saying it when the X-Men arrive. Mm -hmm. When Storm and Callisto fight, Callisto's staff occasionally stops glowing. It does. Uh, the Danger Room last appeared in Night of the Sentinels Part 1. Mm-hmm. This is the first time Jean does any fighting and the first time Jean uses her telekinesis. Mm -hmm. Morph's death in Night of the Sentinels Part 2 is mentioned. Storm's second bout of claustrophobia after deadly reunions. Wolverine is still recovering, or at least supposed to be, from deadly reunions when Jean mentioned the fighting. This is the first time Wolverine openly expresses affection for Jean. The first kiss between Scott and Jean. Mm -hmm. The first appearance of the Morlocks and their members. The first time Gambit is seen out of his uniform. Scott talking about a house dropping on him is the series' second reference to the wonderful Wizard of Oz following Night of the Sentinels Part 2. Mm. Scott reveals that sunlight is the source of his powers. This is similar to the Silver Surfer and Superman. In this episode, Storm becomes leader of the Morlocks. Mm -hmm. 
Beast does not appear in this episode, and this is the first time he doesn't. Hmm. And that's all I've got for trivia. Okay. Which I know is a lot. That is a lot of trivia. The the way I'm getting I'm, I'm getting these, I'm just kind of copying, pasting a lot, and then kind of skimming through to see, does this reference anything we don't want to talk about yet? Because you know how that yeah. kept happening during Tangled? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I wasn't catching it because I didn't know to catch it. <laughs> and I'll catch it and go, ow, I wish I didn't know that spoiler. <laughs> now you know and knowing is half the battle mm -hmm. anyway what are your thoughts on this episode <laughs> i am so mixed mixed feelings on the episode. meme episode i forgot to mention this has two the internet meme. memes in it now. yes it does oh my god the scene of wolverine pining over this uh picture of gene gray and scott, scott is in the picture also but we see that 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 very meme was used to announce X-Men 97. Yes, it was. <laughs> Which is coming out this year. This year, sometime this year. And then the other meme that is present in this is uh, the one of Gene and Scott kissing. And then the next shot is pulled out and you see Wolverine just standing there awkwardly. <laughs> it's like, dude, give him some space. <laughs> or more like, well, this is awkward. Maybe I shouldn't anyway i'm gonna go mo i'm gonna go be moody and run away <laughs> to the ice moving on yeah <laughs> next episode no but like uh they 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 reuse uh uh storms uh sorry her claustrophobia claustrophobia they reuse it's that. a hard word to say and i i swear this must have been the first time I was introduced to the word claustrophobia. Yeah, same here. Had to have been. Yeah. So they reuse the claustrophobia, and they reuse that again, not in the next episode, but the next episode. They do kind of harp on that a lot in this they, first season. They do. You, you find out more about Storm than anybody else. Yes. It's all because, like, oh, she had claustrophobia from when she was a kid. Is this before or after she was a goddess? <laughs> She wasn't actually a goddess. They just worshipped her like she yeah. was because her of her mutant ability to control the weather. Blah 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 blah. Uh -huh. Except she had a life apparently before she was thought of as a goddess. Yeah, apparently she was a street urchin, and apparently she was both black and white, <laughs> according to this show. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the that's a little bit of a errors. color error. Yeah. Oh, also, I noticed in this, uh, this was the first episode where at least on the Disney plus versions mm -hmm. that we're watching the opening sequence is smooth. Like I remember it being, <laughs> there's some weird glitching on every episode before this in the opening sequence. Oh, okay. So they must clean it up or something. Yeah. Maybe this, the, uh, masters for this art aren't as glitched or, or it could be because like the first two episodes, they've started like, like tightening things up a little more that could be it maybe i don't know it, it could just be that the first two episodes had a weird glitch in the editing it could be when they added it to it and that's what caused it. i don't know but this was the first one i watched and go this is what i remember this doesn't look janky like the first four episodes opening themes did because uh -huh. of course i'm gonna watch this opening theme every time it comes on it's a great opening theme song agreed so this oh my gosh the 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 
the blooming, not blooming, but the the underlining romance, the 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 uh, the triangle between Gene, Cyclops, mm-hmm. and, and Wolverine. And Wolverine. I, I love I, how we just call him Wolverine. We never call him Logan. Yeah, we just call him. Like, do I, they ever mention him? His name is Logan. Oh, they did a couple episodes Gene, ago. Yeah, Gene. Gene mentions yeah. him as Logan. Okay, it's, I I forgot. It's like Scott it's, always calls him Wolverine. Well, Scott calls if if. if 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 Jean Grey wasn't just going by Jean Grey at this point, we call no her Marvel Girl. She, he'd be calling her Marvel Girl, and when they're leaving the Phantom of the Opera, Opera, because she just calls him Cyclops. It's like you know his name is Scott, right? right? <laughs> He's not named Cyclops. <laughs> it's like a childhood nickname. Be like, hey, Cyclops is like what? <laughs> yeah, it's like because of the visor. But anyway, he's not even wearing a visor. He's, he's, wearing a visor. Visor. he's wearing the wrong sunglasses <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, they're brown. He must have got out to the car without burning a hole in anything. <laughs> I realized, oh, crud, I forgot my sunglasses. Gee, can I borrow yours? Oh, my gosh. Well, like, I, I actually could see Scott. Okay, as someone who used to wear glasses, okay. I'm sure you understand this, too, because mm-hmm. you wear glasses. You forget you have them on after a while. You do. So I imagine it has to be the same with his visor. Yeah. He forgets he's got it after a while and just goes out to the car. He's wearing normal clothes, but he's got his visor on and goes, oh, crap. We're about to go into town. I can't wear the visor into town. And I don't know where my sunglasses is. Gene, can I borrow yours? Okay, yeah, thank you. Close my eyes, take the visor off, put the sunglasses on. Ah, that's better. It's, it somehow it doesn't do the sun. The ruby ones make sense. Yeah. To some degree. It can be, to use the Marvel term, no prized. Okay. Because like, oh, somehow the ruby lenses are absorbing the optical optical blasts. That is not going out the side of the sunglasses. (laughs) They're special sunglasses. Okay. They're magnetically pulling the optic. You know, this whole thing is just him being uh, nervous about being a mutant in the first place. So (laughs) we don't know that in this story yet by the time this show came out. But (laughs) oh my gosh. But anyways. Like, we don't even know Scott's got a brother yet in the show. No, not yet. <laughs> no, he does pop up later. He does pop up much later. <laughs> yeah. But uh I, I enjoy the story for what it is. The the idea that the leader of the Morlock Morlocks, the leader of the Morlocks is oh, we need to it's so nineties it hurts. It does she is so nineties it hurts. She's it, she's more nineties than Jubilee. Yes. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> it's like you look like you just walked out of the pages of uh, the X-Force. I had to think of what the one was that Cable was in for so yeah. long. And that's X, I think that's X-Force. Yeah, it's X-Force. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. There were, what, 15 X-Men books at this time? Yeah, there were. So, oh, my gosh. Like, can't the, be expected the story- to remember all their names. That's true. The story's good. The story's good. the The animation is so just like there's so many animation errors going on <laughs> the entire time. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Hold on, what? Well, they're wait not used what? to having this many people on screen at one time. I agree. I agree. That's, but it's almost like you have to be like, you know, point out the error. What's going on now? Yes. I you have to remember when I I read just as many names on just the guest cast list uh-huh. for this yeah as i did when i was reading everybody's name in night of the sentinels right 
Oh yeah, it's gonna. It's too many people in this for the, how long they're in the scene. I agree. So I'm surprised it's not worse. The animation's not worse. Than I it agree. Is. At least the animation's better than season four. No, it's five. Oh, five. That's worse. Five is like we gotta hire a whole nother studio. We'll see how bad that is later. Yeah, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> yeah. But like the story's good. I, I love September. Huh? In September. In September. So when we get when like this this underlying this underlying thing of like the 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 uh, the triangle between you know mm-hmm. Wolverine, Gene, and Scott, we like I, I love how they're playing into that. I love how they do that, and definitely how Wolverine be like you know he gets his rejection and he goes pouts off and yes. runs off. <laughs> yeah, it's like Wolverine's missing. Dun dun dun. It's like, why are you telling me it's to be continued? This is what this show is. I mean. This is to be continued from the last episode, oh. which didn't directly connect. Yeah. Also, did you notice? I think it was this episode. It may have been the next one. I don't remember. Hmm. The painting error on the X Mansion in the establishing shot. Oh yeah, it's off. It's off completely. They've got the windows on the walls. <laughs> I have to go back and watch that. Oh my good night! It's like, did did you have a four year old color this? Like, what were you painting in the dark? Yeah. So like, how did you get it off? this much i understand it being out of registration that can happen and i get that the way this was shot you that the way that matte painting was shot Mm -hmm. you probably had the black layer sitting on top of you know all the other colors but it's like how did you get it off that much Mm. (laughs) you that you had to try for that and the 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 one that got me was the the previous on x-men be like they're, they're showing all the clips from the previous episodes and they're all out of order they're they're out of order and all those scenes, there's somebody talking in them because this is X-Men from the 90s. They never shut up. That is but true. no point throughout entire last time on X-Men, except for like three times you actually hear someone say something. Mm-hmm. It's like, the show was not this quiet ever. <laughs> except for this one scene, apparently. This one last time on X-Men sequence where it's like, yeah, we're not going to quote and actually have any of the audio except for Sabretooth going, I'm, you're, I'm gonna escape <laughs> thanks girly yes <laughs> so 90s oh my gosh well, I think you, the, you, you do actually hear a sentinel say something like scatting for mutant life forms <laughs> it's like this is such a weird thing to pick when you didn't you cut out everybody else's voice in this oh the the, the one that got me the one that got me during that previous is where it's in the the in the in the chemical lab yeah. The chemical lab, it shows the Megan's... one that the X Men didn't need to go to because they didn't do anything. No, they didn't get in trouble. <laughs> so it's the scene where Magneto is he's blowing everything up, and the next scene it's Magneto coming in through the roof. Yes. It's like, why is this out of order? To save Beast, yeah, to, to break save... Beast out of jail. Last episode, <laughs> the episode before that, it's like, oh, uh... no, but it was in the chemical, no, it was, it was, it was the chemical. But then, how did the chemical factory get blown up if Magneto's just now entering? yeah they were just editing stuff together fast yeah that's just fox kids in the 90s i mean we're lucky we got what we got that that is true so this episode very good like as an adult watching it's like wow that's a lot of animation errors but understanding there's a lot of characters there's a lot of characters a lot of animation errors at the same time who cares this is a fun episode i agree that's the great thing about this particular show in general there are lots of issues because of how cheaply the show was actually mm-hmm. made which you don't think about when you're looking back on them but mm-hmm. at the same time this was 
cool. It was. This was like this was epic. I remember tuning into this every day. I think I was actually more excited to watch X Men than Batman. Put that in perspective. Wow, that's the difference in time periods at this time. Agreed. Granted, Batman is a much better written show. Agreed. I think I even knew that at the time, but it's like, mm-hmm. no, this is X Men. We're gonna have laser energy blasts come out from five different directions, even from the psychics. <laughs> The psychics are so somehow shoot lasers out of their heads. <laughs> it's okay. Colors. You have to show it. You have to animate it somehow. I get that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's just. Anyway. <laughs> this isn't as weird as Magneto's electromagnet beams from it from two episodes ago. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that kept changing color as he was breaking beasts out of jail. Oh my gosh, episode three. <laughs> Anyways, good episode. We do love the show, by the way. It's yes. just fun to say, look at how bad this they, they did this. It looks so weird. It looks so weird. And it's like, oh, this is only going to get worse. <laughs> it worse. It worse. Yeah, because they kept doing making the show cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Yeah. But the next episode's actually done better. Oh, yeah. Because there was not much happening. <laughs> I mean, there is stuff happening, but it was a lot much, it's a lot calmer. Yeah. Than this one. This is not like thousands of Morlocks fighting thousands, not thousands, but a whole group of Morlocks fighting a whole group of X Men. And then the next one was like Eskimos and Wolverine Beach and Sabretooth. And guess what? The Geonosians don't like you people. (laughs) But we'll get to that in the next one. Are you ready to jump into that? Yeah, let's jump into that one. All right. Cold Vengeance, directed by Larry Houston and written by Michael Edens. Original air date for this was February 6th, 1993. In this episode, Wolverine abruptly leaves the X-Men in the middle of the night. Wary of Gene and Cyclops' relationship, he travels to the Arctic where he encounters a vengeful Sabretooth. He's pouting. (laughs) Wolverine is stranded in freezing waters following the fight and is rescued by Inuit villagers. He befriends the Inuit and finds some momentary peace in the village before Sabretooth shatters the illusion of peace again. Meanwhile, Gambit proposes a journey to investigate the rumor that Geonosha is a mutant-friendly island, much to the intense disapproval of Cyclops. Professor X, however, sees potential in his suggestion and approves the mission. Storm, Gambit, and Jubilee head to the mutant-loving island paradise of Geonosha. Guest cast includes Don Franks returning as Graydon Creed Sr., a.k.a. Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. Paul Haddad as Kiwek. Unknown actors played Puyata, villagers, receptionist, and the Geonosian commander. Huh. I love the fact that we have people we have no idea who voiced them in this show. You, you think after almost 30 years, this you is... think they figured it out. Unless they were like random people working for Fox Kids or Saban that they said, hey, if you want to come, jump in years, here. 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. 30, 30 years. Oh, it is 30. 30 years. It is 30 years. That's right. Never hey, mind. It's like, hey, uh, uh, accountant from, uh, from who's working with the people over in, uh, working with Toei to get that uh, Super Sinti show over here. <laughs> you want to jump in and voice this, and, and voice this, uh, uh, this receptionist? <laughs> at the hotel 
We'll pay you. We promise. Hey, it's like, hey, you, you ever wanted to be a voice actor on a kid's show? <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. Yeah. In this, uh, getting into the trivia for this episode, as I mentioned earlier, while Logan's picture of Gene and Scott is different, it does have a hole burned into it. What, while never shown on X Men in the comics, Wolverine is known for smoking cigars, and this is likely a reference to that. Oh, but yet we don't mention the fact that Wolverine scratched it in half <laughs> the last episode. Oh my gosh! According to where mm -hmm. I got this trivia, the phrase "revenge is a dish best served cold" is an old proverb whose origins are unknown. Except ten years prior to this, we learned that it is an old Klingon oh, proverb. <laughs> In Star Trek Through the Wrath of Khan. I'm sorry, as far as I'm concerned, it is an ancient Klingon proverb. I don't care where it actually came from. In this episode, Gambit does a French spin on the classic proverb, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yes. Kewick's hat as the of the letter D in what appears to be old English font. This is similar to the Detroit Tigers logo, but does not use their colors. Pan Am is likely a reference to Pan American, sorry, Pan Air mm -hmm. is likely a reference to Pan American World Airways, often called Pan Am. Mm -hmm. The company was the most popular airline until its collapse in 1991, just two short years before this uh, episode. Mm -hmm. It was very popular to reference in fiction and still is done today. Yeah. The Inuit are the indigenous people of Alaska, Canada, and Greenland. Hmm. So I like now. Now I'm gonna just think they're in Greenland, but they say the Arctic. <laughs> Greenland is in the Arctic. You're right. That's true. <laughs> it's but all in the Arctic. That is true. But they say it's northern Canada, which is probably okay. In the there is an island between Greenland and Canada that, until recently, was disputed territory between. Canada and Greenland. Uh, I'm going to claim that's where this episode takes Okay, place. fine then. Because now they actually put a border on that island. So now there's technically a border between Greenland, between uh, Canada and Denmark because Greenland is technically uh, owned by Denmark. Oh, okay. Canada and Denmark are nowhere near each other and it just seems weird to think they have they share a border now. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. The Inuit canoes are called Umiak. Mm. And Inuit tents are called Tupic. Hmm. Interesting little notes. Interesting. The act of throwing people into the air on a big blanket for Inuits is called Nalukatak. I probably said that wrong. I apologize. It is typically done in the spring to mark the end of the whaling season, providing a general time frame for this episode. Huh. In, Captain in Captive Hearts, Logan's room is fairly neat, but here it is a mess. Scott and Jean are wearing different clothes from the previous episode, even though it's supposed to take place directly after. Scott went from a button-up shirt and tie to a turtleneck. Jean went from her dress to a button-up blouse. So they, they saw the room. They couldn't even keep <laughs> Jean's dress the same throughout the last episode, and now they're just like, we're going to give up on the dress, put her in a blouse. <laughs> I, I was so shocked. Me, like, that my thought would be is like, okay, they go to one scene, they're wearing something else, and they alter it to the next scene. It's like, oh, can you guys make up your mind? But here's an here's an idea because remember how because we didn't mention that Logan's room was a mess this episode, yeah. but was clean in the last one. Mm -hmm. Funny thing, 
The last episode showed that Logan's room is at the end of the hall, but in this one, the hall continues past his room. It is also perpendicular to where it was before. Perhaps in the last episode, he wasn't in his room. A theory. An X-Men theory. <laughs> Let's keep watching. <laughs> Logan is in the room, is, is in room three with a, 11 directly across. Uh, continuing on from the last point. The X-Men must have a very odd numbering pattern for the two to be directly across from each other. In the previous episode, the picture Logan has of Scott and Jean was cut in half, while in this episode is burned in the middle. Also, the placement of the couple are switched. Either the pictures are inconsistent, or Logan has an odd fascination with keeping multiple photos of the couple. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> In the first establishing shot of the mansion, this is actually what I was talking about earlier, the lines and colors are not properly aligned. The episode implies the war room is underneath the mansion, whereas Deadly Reunion showed it at ground level. Yep. Captive Hearts ended with Gambit sick, though recovering. In this episode, he is perfectly fine with no indication of his severe illness. Ay, ay, ay. If Cyclops wants the X-Men to appear as non-mutant tourists, then sending Gambit is a bad idea since the powers changed his eyes. Mm-hmm. When Sabretooth sees Logan in the boat, no one is actually steering the craft. That is true. It's understandable that logan would take his wolverine outfit with him why does he have both a ski outfit and his civilian outfit as well as con and, and and is constantly switching between the two that is true for trying to act like tourists cambit does a horrible job as he's wearing his x-men uniform Warm. worse yet aurora calls him gambit instead of his real name of remy <laughs> remy level <laughs> Jubilee wears a sweater to go to a tropical island. Yeah. Nice job, Jubilee. She <laughs> says she didn't know what to pack. <laughs> that is true. When getting into the taxi, Aurora and Gambit get into the back, though the passenger side, but Jubilee isn't seen on the driver's side, nor in the front passenger seat. She caught another cab? I guess. It'll be like, you let the teenager go, you know, be like, oh, she'll be fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She'll be just, fine. She didn't know what to bring on a trip to a resort. Surely she'll be able to get to the resort from the airport yeah. by herself. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jubilee turns up in the back alley with her spleen mood dissing. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. The Geonosian reception the Geonosian receptionist sees footage that no one could possibly get. <laughs> the same ones they keep reusing, which is just reused footage from Night of the Sentinels Part, Part One. one. When first seen in full costume. And, and looking through uh, Storm's eye of yes. all things. Yes. <laughs> when first seen in full costume, Wolverine's bare arms are colored yellow they like are. his costume. They are. <laughs> when Sabretooth confronts Wolverine and Kiowek, the bombs placed on either side of the bridge are not there. They are. They are <laughs> not. Hey, yeah, they're That's missing. What I meant. <laughs> Wolverine wears a mask that covers his eyes while the snow can block his vision. It certainly wouldn't get into his eyes. <laughs> You're right. It wouldn't. It's like, you wear. Yeah. It's like, that makes mm -hmm. no sense. When Kiowek tackles Sabretooth from behind, he is briefly animated over C Sabretooth. He is. Instead of using his claws immediately, 
Wolverine pulls the ropes apart to free the tribe, which would be ineffective and inefficient. That makes no sense. When the bombs are thrown off the bridge, the the shot shows the ropes have been cut underneath and are hanging down. Jubilee's window becomes covered, but none of the windows are. None of the other windows are. This immediately follows Captive Hearts. First appearance of Canada, though not named. Reveals that Logan is from Canada, or at least considers it home. First appearance of Sabretooth since Deadly Reunions, but is also the first time in the series he appears without Magneto being seen or mentioned. Hmm. Kiowek calls Sabretooth a snow demon, which is something similar to the legend of the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Hulk would fight Wendigo in the Incredible Hulk episode, and the wind cries, Wendigo. Appropriately, Wendigo has been a villain to in Wolver- to Wolverine as well as Hulk and interrupting their battle in Wolverine's first appearance in the comics. Mm-hmm. This is the first appearance of Geonosha. Both Genosha and the Genosian Beach Inn were mentioned in the premiere episode Night of the Sentinels Part 1. This is the only appearance of the Genosha Beach Inn. The receptionist watches foot. I have said that. Mm-hmm. Sentinels last appeared in Night of the Sentinels Part 2. This is the second time Jubilee is captured by the Sentinels. Slave Island is the very next episode, and Rogue and Beast do not appear, mm. nor are they mentioned. What are your thoughts on this episode? Uh, I enjoy the. Where Sabretooth and Wolverine actually fight, the animation is, is so well done. Mm-hmm. Like the point where they're tossing and tumbling over each other, throwing each other. It's like they actually use references in this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's actually impressive. Man, like a lot of the animation of this episode is very impressive. The story itself of Wolverine just can't catch a break because Sabretooth just wants to torment him. And yet we don't understand why yet. We understand later. But right now it's just like, why is this big, ugly cat man following Wolverine around? Obviously they have a history. We don't know yeah. why. Like they're again. We've, not, kid, we've not even mentioned anything. It, all we really know is that they know each other and we shot, saw people who, if you had read the comics, mm-hmm. you'd know we're part of the Weapon X program by yeah. this point. But they've not mentioned anything about Logan's actual past. Exactly. On the other hand, we know so much about Storm, Storm. because of her claustrophobia. <laughs> I have nothing against the character of Storm, even though she's traditionally my least favorite X-Men. Mm. X-Man? Whatever the term is. X-Man. But it is weird how she's had so much development for someone who just causes the weather to do all these amazing things while talking like I've, you know what I mean? Yeah. She, she's a weird character. She, she, she <laughs> enunciates everything, yes. which be like, I like, she is I'm always like, in her goddess voice. <laughs> I've always liked Despite the Storm. fact no one here thinks her as a, as a goddess here. <laughs> I like, uh, Aurora, Aurora, is Aurora? There? Yeah, Aurora. 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 I know why. Storm. I, let's just call her Storm. Yeah, Storm. But um, it's like we 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 know hardly nothing about Gambit at all, except he's Cajun and he throws cards and he likes Rogue. That's yes. about it. And I everybody mean, else we know about this we, much, and we barely know anything about Rogue either. Yeah. 
but we know so much about, about Storm. Storm. Like, I've got claustrophobia. It's going to come up real important next time. Also, I'm now the leader of the Morlocks. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why did Why did you pick her? Anyway, because it's like I think it's part of the characters. I, I'm, in the I'm comics. sure, I'm I sure that. that's how it is in the comics too. Yeah. It's just. But like Although I this, think Angel was the one that got captured in the comics, mm. not Cyclops. Mm. But anyway, yeah. So I enjoyed this episode. I enjoy where it's it's Wolverine. He can't he can't get rid of the 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 Snarly's saber tooth mm -hmm. and his constant be like revenge is mine. Be like I'm gonna watch you die. It's like darn you're like. Why can't, I, why can't I beat you, Wolverine? Why won't you die? <laughs> because Wolverine is plot armor. At the moment. At the moment. Actually, let me rephrase. Wolverine doesn't need plot armor. He's freaking Wolverine. <laughs> this man could could probably re- uh, he could probably heal his animantium from a single cell at this point. True. He's probably, despite the, how, the, how he got the animantium, it's probably not part of his DNA, and just one single cell could probably grow another Wolverine with animantium claws. He can't, it can't actually, but right, the right, way right. they treat that Wolverine in these comics. Mm -hmm. Anyway. But either or, be like, it's a good story. It's a bit like the, the, the Storm plots are just getting a little mm -hmm. irritating a little bit but there i've always liked storm yeah but I mean, it's she, just like, she is supposed to be like the secondary leader of the x-men so it yeah. makes sense that there would be some character development yeah it's just she's had more than cyclops yeah who is the actual leader of the x-men yeah all we really know about him at this moment is that he's in love with gene gray yeah that's it who we also know nothing about yeah <laughs> we just learned last episode that she's psychic or telekinetic, at least. Telekinetic. She gets psychic later, but... Yeah. And she goes a little birdie. <laughs> and flamey. <laughs> yeah. But, oh my gosh. Like, we'll yeah, get I, to that in season three. We'll get that in season three. But overall, really enjoyed the story. Uh, where it's going in Gia, Geonosis? Geonosia. Geonosia. Geonosis is where... Uh, Anakin Skywalker that's right, Obi -Wan that's right. Kenobi, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh got yeah, up. yeah this is Genosha 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 yeah I, I admittedly kept saying Geonosha throughout the throughout the trivia uh-huh you did because it's like that's really what my I know more is the Star Wars planet of the bug people instead of the mute the mutant hating island of course they mostly are the mutant hating island because of Magneto <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. But it's a good story. It's a good story. Uh, I like your... I am Magneto, master of magnet. <laughs> I love that clip. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fun. It's where where is the story going? Where is the... At that point, it's the B story. The B story, because Wolverine, yes. Wolverine's the A story. And where the B story is going is interesting. I remember watching this a couple of years ago, and it's like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. Now watching it for the review, it's just like, okay. It's like, you know, perhaps 
just perhaps you shouldn't ask about their mutant discount program. Yeah, Gambit. Gambit. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe save 10%. Uh, maybe 10% is maybe you'll get 10% off of your sleeve labor in the next episode. I, I was my, my thought would be is like, <laughs> get to build that that airport. Yeah, I guess I assume that's what they're building <laughs> in the next one. I don't Who remember. knows? I don't remember. But uh, I don't know why yeah. I keep thinking airport because like they have an airport, <laughs> but we will we will get, we'll there. get there when, when we, we get, get there. there next week. Yeah, after we see more bloody murder in the mushroom kingdom <laughs> i'm I'm actually looking forward to the the, yeah. the 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 third and fourth part the animation gets a lot better okay there's also a very strange coincidence in the next one okay <laughs> but we'll get there when we get there all right all anything right, else right. to add on this uh no i don't i actually don't all right Next week, the episodes we will be reviewing are Slave Island and The Unstoppable Juggernaut. Hmm. So join us next week for that. Uh, in the meantime, though, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron and his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterboxed page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's cell with a single L. for you, Mario! <laughs>